Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 308 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And Lori Kim is here. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. You just can't seem to stay away. I huh? can't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love that for you and for us because it just, I don't know, makes our episodes so much more fun. All right. This episode is sponsored by Carissa Clymer. Thanks, Carissa. Thank Thanks. you. I almost said Clarissa. I, okay. So I was getting ready to say. I almost said Clarissa, <laughs> and I was wondering if you were going to explain all of this. <laughs> and if you don't understand what I'm saying, are you too young to be here? <laughs> I'm joking. You're not. Carissa, but you go have look up into my heart. Oh, oh wow, Catherine. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, go look up Clarissa Explains It All if you don't know what it's we're a good, about. It's a good one. Okay, you guys. So today we are going to be discussing part one of chapter four of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, The Seven Potters. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to dig your way through the details. Is that, did I mean that? Was that last times? I don't know. I don't know why I wrote that. Ding! I said ding! Oh, maybe because it's seven. Ah, dang. Well, I misread it. (laughs) (laughs) I said dig. Should I be here this evening? (laughs) No. <laughs> yes, always. We're <laughs> keeping this in. <laughs> I said ding your way because it's the seven potters as I'm reaching for ding this. <laughs> We're prepared. Anyways, eh. <laughs> before we begin, <laughs> there's I'm going to give it to Megan because I'm not allowed to talk anymore for a while so, until <laughs> I can compose myself. So Meg's Mouse Tales, please tell us about what is going on. In uh, the world of TV shows. Um, Actually, I was going to start out with the better news, which is we are officially, finally doing a meetup in the Cleveland area. Whoa! I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) We are partnering with Wall of Books in Parma, Ohio. Um, it's going to be October 20th at 6:30, and we are going to have like a little mix and mingle with the shop with like the bookstore being open. She plans, she being the manager of wall of books. She's very kind. Her name is Teresa. Shout out to Teresa. Um, <laughs> she's going to kind of like pump up some of the Potter stuff that they have. She said she's going to decorate for Aww. us and make it all magical and pottery. Um, and we're going to do a live podcast at Wall of Books. Uh, we're mm-hmm. not entire. We haven't nailed down a topic yet, but I think that we're going to maybe do a place again. Kind of like a Felix Files, right? Yeah. Something like maybe. that. We'll come, up with, we'll come up with something. I um, think we'll talk about books, though, at <laughs> Wall of Books. What if we do a Felix Files on Flourish and Blots? I was thinking, or I was thinking something spooky. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because it is like two weekends before Halloween. We have a lot of options to do. Yeah. Well, we will uh, we will nail it down. And also there's going to be 
a I think there's going to be a Facebook event and an Eventbrite. It, it's not mm-hmm. doesn't cost anything to come. It's no. literally just to like count um, count people that are going to like RSVP. Um, and we're also going to do a raffle with some merch from Wall of Books and some Swish merch. And the proceeds of that raffle are going to go to Katie's American Cancer Society fundraiser. Her official goal first half marathon back into action. First race in, in January. In yes. Um, you hear that knee? <laughs> Cooperate. <laughs> do what you're supposed to so so yeah we hope to see as many of you as we can on october 20th um in parma at wall of books and now for some wizarding world news there was a little update on the tv show uh there was an interview being done with david Heyman. And he said that writing hasn't even started yet, which I think is kind of weird that they would have made this like big deal of an announcement and then like not got to work. But it's um okay. I don't know. They're going to they're going for the jugular here with every little post because they know people are going to be ravenous. Can, it's just weird. Can they write mm-hmm. right now? That's totally no, different. But no, they there, could I mean, have. there's a strike, so right. But like they announced it anybody wrote anything. way before yeah, the yeah, strike. Yeah, but I don't I don't necessarily think that Well, I guess I really don't know how it works, but I would imagine nothing has started. Even back when That's they announced. What he made it sound like. But like I'm yeah. thinking I'm used to like Universal Studios when they announce something, they've been working on it for months. Sometimes years. <laughs> yeah. And AKA then epic universe they still have not officially announced what the worlds are but they've been working on it since before covid so like it's just kind of weird that they would announce a show and then not have done anything prior to the announcement like not even have an idea like do they have an idea of what it's going to be i don't know (laughs) obviously we know that there's a. I mean they have the book so (laughs) right yeah we know there's a strike going on we support the strike i just thought that that was kind of weird the writer i know that a lot of people script done (laughs) seriously though i mean it it is there it's there um i know like stephanie in the chat said animated with some little eyeballs i hope so. i know a lot of other people had been calling for animated you clearly want i don't want animated you don't no i think it would be i I don't i I want i want it to be gritty like it should be in the end. And I don't want to see that in an animated film. Not film. TV I could show. go for either, if I'm being honest. I, the reason why I think that I would dig an animated version, you know, I was actually thinking more so what I want to be animated is A Court of Thorns and Roses. <laughs> I think um, that would be really I mean, animated. Maybe um, that more so only because of, like, I don't know how you're going to make Bat Boys look, but... um I don't know. I want I want it to be just as good as like um Rings of Power looked. Like Rings of Power is so stinking amazing. And like if they could do it on that level, I would be happy as a pig in mud. Mm. Well, but I'm obviously going to I'm going to watch whatever they're going to put out there, but well. We'll see. We shall. 
It's not up to us. <laughs> Unfortunately. They never called. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> I've been, I have my phone on me. <laughs> All the time. All the time. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Make sure that you follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends because if you like us, then they will too. <laughs> Subscribe. It's a fact. <laughs> Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Swish Flick Cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flick Cast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you access to our exclusive Felix Files episodes, our Discord channel, live recordings, trivia games, Swish Swag Boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for your support. As always, we are accepting Potter Stories to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Katie. Tiffany. I've been hearing this song constantly because Marty and Alana keep singing it, and so does Miss Rachel. Have you heard of the song, Have You Seen the Ghost of John? No. Really? Really? I hadn't either, though, so I don't know why I sound so surprised. Really? <laughs> Have you heard the recap? Catherine's telling, and it won't be sad. I don't know. <laughs> sounds like church. It, it sounds like church. <laughs> <laughs> it's some kid's song. I don't know. Has Discord heard of it? Have you seen The Ghost of John? I don't know. Well, until, not. like, maybe a couple years ago, I hadn't heard Dominic the Donkey for, like, holiday times. Oh, my God. Don't even I don't know bring what that, that is. freaking <laughs> song up. Uh, that's terrible. But also, like, quirky, <laughs> you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Church recap. So, <laughs> Dudley doesn't think Harry's a church waste recap. of space. How oh, I feel like sweet. I've talked about that. Huh? I said, I feel like we've talked about that a lot. Yeah. Um, that's basically a big old I love you from Dudley. Um, and he is the reason why his parents end up deciding to go with the Order. Who knew that Dudley would be the hero? Uh, Hestia is another example of why the, of the Wizarding World not knowing or understanding just how little Harry's relatives care about him in general and what he means to the whole Wizarding World. She's not here for it. She gets pretty upset, and Harry's like, it's fine. I'm used to it. Um, and Petunia has a chance to say something meanif- meaningful to Harry, and uh, she doesn't. So, hashtag unredeemable. Truly. Meg, give me that shummery. You wrote one? Yeah. I'm so proud of you. I wrote one for both episodes that we're recording tonight. Wow. wow. I know. I even and tabbed my jokes. I finished my notes at 421 <gasps> p.m. today. Mm, high five. I'm sorry. Are you <laughs> killing it today? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Harry is feeling slightly nostalgic at the start of this chapter. We get some callbacks to previous books, and then everyone appears from under disillusionment charms. We learn why the original plan was scrapped and what the new plan is. There will be seven Harry Potters flying through the sky tonight. Sorry. That wasn't a very good bell. Here we go. Ding, ding, ding. My little tabbies got in the way. Got stuck. Well, 
I feel like this is a big moment because <laughs> now's where the fun <laughs> starts. <laughs> Slash sadness. Um, so this chapter is going to mark um, the first, like, very significant to Harry himself, like, deaths of this book. Um, and the lovely Catherine gets to cover the first. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Not this episode, though. Next up. <laughs> That's for next time. But honestly, like, this is a big deal. So buckle up, guys, because here's where the poop hits the fan. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry, um, the goodbyes are done, right? He's back up in his bedroom, and he gets uh, one last look at the Dursleys leaving. And I like this because it's like, the author didn't have to write this again. The Dursleys left. She didn't have to put this in. But I think it's like a really powerful moment for Harry because he does get like the actual last look for what he thinks that could could be forever. And it's Aunt Petunia and Dudley in the back seat, and in between them is only Daedalus's top <laughs> hat visible because he's that small. <laughs> And that's it. They uh, they turn right at the end of Privet Drive and they peace out Girl Scout. And the windows, as they're turning, turn scarlet with the sunset. And I thought that was interesting because I looked up the color red and it says scarlet red and other vibrant reds are the colors most associated with courage, strength, heat, and joy. Scarlet has always been associated with power, money, elegance, as people of higher status in ancient Rome wore scarlet-colored cloaks. And I think that it's also interesting, I did look it up, another source said that red um, equals sacrifice, danger, and courage, like I said before. And scarlet is mentioned several times in the Bible as well, and cardinals in the Catholic Church used to wear large red garments because the, the scarlet Bible meaning... Uh, means the blood of Jesus Christ and the Christian martyrs. So I just thought that that was kind of interesting. Like, it does take sacrifice for the Dursleys to leave. Granted, they're going to safety, but they are sacrificing things within their own lives. They are in danger, and it is a little bit courageous of them in their own eyes to go <laughs> with, I don't know, I guess people they hate, <laughs> people they don't trust. So if you look at it through their lens, um, those words kind of make sense for this sunset blasting off the car windows. Would you say that it was so scarlet it was maroon? Probably. It's Taylor what? Swift. Reference. Tiffany, get on board, all right? What's wrong you know, with you? It would help a lot <laughs> if you like listened to Midnight's more than I once. I did once. <laughs> once. I listened to it one time. Remember when you kicked me out of a Zoom and couldn't let me back in because <laughs> I didn't listen to Midnight's? Yeah. I'm in. I have no regrets. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Love you. Oh, we get a little bit of some throwback. So Harry picks up Hedwig's cage, his uh. fire bolt, and his rucksack. And we get shout outs to, to books like three through six with this. Um, Hedwig's cage is obviously like book one. And I just think that's pretty cool. I mean, he's like, those are those are the important things, right? 
I mean, he's got his rucksack full of stuff, but Hedwig's cage, firebolt, rucksack. And think about the things that are in the rucksack, He needs very little. Yeah. Like the things he deemed. He's looking at his bedroom and he's like, oh my gosh, it's never looked Mm -hmm. like this before. It's super, super tidy. The sun is going down very quickly. And Harry goes through kind of a memory lane, if you will. He thinks about how strange it is to be sitting here in silence, knowing that he's going to be leaving number four Privet Drive for the very last time. Quote, long ago when he had been left alone while the Dursleys went out to enjoy themselves, the hours of solitude had been a rare treat. Pausing only to sneak something tasty from the fridge, he had rushed upstairs to play on Dudley's computer or put on the television and flicked through the channels to his heart's content. It gave him an odd, odd, empty feeling to remember those times. It was like remembering a younger brother whom he had lost. Oof. And I know. I think that that it's true for us, too, as readers. Like, that's not the same uh, man who's leaving Privet Drive. So we've got... Oh, we've got Harry saying goodbye to his younger self. That line. Yeah. That was one of the times that I thought, oh, this feeling of reading Deathly Hallows the first time and then rereading it. It's really different from rereading the other books. There's this strong sense of farewell from the beginning. There's this momentous feeling like, Mm -hmm. okay, the blood colored sun is setting on childhood safety. And then it goes, the light is fading rapidly Mm. now. Wow. Okay. This is no more safety. It's going to, it's going to start now the danger and it's not going to stop. So in prisoner of Azkaban, the time travel sense, it was going backwards into the past. So there's this double awareness you get the time turner and you have the self in the present looking at the self from the past. This time it's about going into the unknown, facing it, and you just don't know what's there. So I thought, okay, that's what Harry's doing. He's internalizing his earlier self to sort of take that kid with him. You have to do that if you're going to try to counteract the sense of loss because it's pretty overwhelming here. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And we as readers, we remember that too, right? We're remembering these things with Harry. We started out and with the, the small boy who slept in the cupboard under the stairs and who was afraid. And we've watched him and grown with him um, to the man and hero that he is like in the present time of this book. I remember going through this chapter the first time and like it, I mean, obviously, the as we go through this chapter further, it gets sadder. But, like, the beginning of this chapter felt very much like a hug to me. Like, mm. it was kind of, it was, it was nice to find happy memories and moments in this place that brought Harry so much mm. sadness. But, like, he was able to pull some happiness from it and, like, enough to feel nostalgic and reminiscent on some of the mm-hmm. things he went through. Definitely helped him, like, not necessarily, I don't know if appreciate is the right word, but, like, appreciate the journey that he went through and, and who he is now. And it this reminded me of, there's artwork out in the universe on the internet highway of 
Harry in an oversized flannel shirt and pants holding the hand of grown oh Harry. Stop um, I don't know. Have you guys seen that? I haven't. Uh, I, I don't know. Find it. Yeah, if anybody can find that, um, it's really cute. Wow. It's really cute. I saw it a long time ago, and it was very moving because just the oversized clothes and it, just everything, and then holding the hand of, like, his grown self. I'm like, oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> the, what originally came up was, oh like, God. Prince Harry. That's what happened to me, too. Because <laughs> I didn't put oh. Potter. <laughs> I was like, oh, Google will know what I'm talking about. No. Google reads my mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can I say something that comes way, way later in this book? Or is it better to save it? Yeah. If you need to. No. Go. If you feel like you want to. There's a time in the Prince's Tale chapter when Harry is viewing Snape's memories. Mm -hmm. And he essentially does that for Mm -hmm. 11 year old Snape. When he's watching the memories of the sorting of the year that Snape and Lily got sorted. He gets up and he walks with Snape to the stool the sorting hat like by the time this Mm. is the beginning of this book and he's experiencing that feeling and by the end of this book he knows how to do that for people like even within this one volume he grows Mm. and then there's this sentence he is so good um harry lost the thread of his thoughts for a moment and hedwig did nothing to help him retrieve it that was another thing that i noticed about how the writing in this volume changed without any announcement. It's just sort of moments where you realize she's writing an adult novel now. That's an extended Mm. complex metaphor, like the one in the previous chapter that said the distant echo of Hagrid smashing down a wooden door seemed to reverberate through the intervening Mm. years. That's something that she wouldn't have done in a younger volume. And here it seems like she's saying, I'm not apologizing you're not a child anymore either, reader. Yeah. Figure this out <laughs> in your English class. <laughs> no, I really like that because the, it this it is. I mean, the books do turn, obviously, um, with... I feel like Goblet ve- very much mm-hmm. takes, takes a turn. But, like, Seven, I feel like really genuinely just, like, flips. And it's like like you said i'm not apologizing anymore this is a grown-up situation and this is where we're at we're not in school anymore kids like you don't have protection and neither (laughs) neither does the reader (laughs) because we're gonna rip your heart out here we go all right (laughs) harry says quote don't you want to take a last look at the place he asked hedwig who was still sulking with her head under her wing we'll never be here again don't you want to remember all the good times i mean look at this doormat what memories Dudley puked on it after I saved him from the Dementors. <laughs> Turns out he was grateful after all. Can you believe it? And last summer, Dumbledore walked mm. through that door. Ah, uh, Okay. We have throwbacks to Order. We have throwbacks to Half-Blood. Um, he's really going for closure here. Uh, I think it's going to bring him peace when he leaves. Because... I do believe that, that the Dursleys were only mentioned a couple more times in this book. In, it's almost, almost in passing, but they're so ingrained within, um, I don't know, his heart and who he is. Um, they do crop up later in this book. This is not the last mention of them. Um, 
but it feels like he is really going for like, I have to close the chapter on this because I'm not coming back and I can't expect to. Not that he really would want to anyway. And the last time that he thinks about the Dursleys in Deathly Hallows is when he um, is camping <laughs> with Hermione in their Dick's Sporting Goods commercial <laughs> for 20,000 years. My dad would and be so proud of you. <laughs> I did it for your dad. And he, uh, he asks her if they can go to Godric's Hollow. And he says, quote, he felt exactly as he had done on the occasion several years previously when he had asked Professor McGonagall whether he could go into Hogsmeade, despite the fact that he had not persuaded the Dursleys to sign his permission slip. So that's the last mention of them ever in this book, in this series. I don't know if they're mentioned oh, they in First Child. I didn't go that far. Yeah, they are. Okay. I don't remember, but I believe you. <laughs> um, so he's, he's lost in his thoughts. And he, he thinks of Dumbledore and Hedwig continues to sit with her head under her wing. And he says, quote, and under here, Hedwig, Harry pulled open a door under the stairs is where I used to sleep. You never knew me then. Blimey, it's small. I'd forgotten. And that makes me so emotional. The little <laughs> spiders, the, the, ceiling, the, the top of the steps adorned with spiders and... Um, it's like a well-known picture spot at any of these um, like recreations and things that, that go around along like all over the country mm -hmm. where you can go and you can sit there. The cupboard under the stairs is so ingrained in mm -hmm. pop culture that people will call it, oh, you have a Harry Potter spot under your stairs. Yes. I remember saying that when my aunt built a house. She built that and made it a little tiny playroom for her kids. And I said, oh, my gosh, you have Harry Potter mm -hmm. stairs, right? And it's, it's synonymous that, with that. People, you can't see, that's how popular this series is. You can't see a spot under the stairs without thinking of Harry Potter. Yeah. I think that's so cool. <laughs> I would love a cupboard under the stairs. Mm -hmm. We have one in the basement if you want to just like hang out in there. I'm sure it's adorned with spiders. <laughs> 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 no. My parents have one in the basement and I will not be stepping foot in that. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I uh, pulled a quote from, I think it was probably Sorcerer's Stone. Quote, Harry got slowly out of bed and started looking for socks. There's socks. He found a pair under his bed and after pulling a spider off one of them, put them on. Harry was used to spiders because the cupboard under the stairs was full of them. And that's where he slept. And that's where we were first introduced to the cupboard under the stairs. So you have the last mention and the first mention there. You better welcome. hope you're uh, used to spiders because you're going to fight a gigantic one in a couple years. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about like... <laughs> I was like, yeah, they are like in the battle, but I don't <laughs> know if he like one-on-one -on -one <laughs> fights. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I couldn't, like, paraphrase. I had to, like, go with this, really, honestly, um, because it's just so chock full of memory. So I'm directly yeah. quoting again. Um, Harry looks around at the stacked shoes and umbrellas, remembering how he used to wake every morning looking at the underside of the staircase, which was more often than not adorned with a spider or two. Those had been the days before he had known anything about his true identity, before he had found out how his parents had died or why such strange things 
often happened around him. But Harry could still remember the dreams that dogged him, even in those days. Confused dreams involving flashes of green light. And once, Uncle Vernon had nearly crashed the car when he recounted it. A flying motorbike. Interesting words. Crash the car, which Mm. is how they told Harry that his parents died. Mm. Um, And I was thinking about, obviously, flashes of green light. James and Lily. Um, And then the flying motorbike. I immediately thought, well, the Hagrid, right? But oh, nay, nay, it could also, it could be two things. Could be Hagrid bringing him to Privet Drive, or it could have been Sirius showing up at Godric's Hollow. Stop. (laughs) Oh, right, because he got there before Hagrid, right? That's how it found out. I can't emotionally handle that. Thanks. Yeah. Sorry. It could also be but like any time <laughs> that maybe Sirius showed up to visit Harry. Uncle Sirius. It could over. be. It could be. I just, I don't know how often he was able to visit given that they were in hiding for so long. Yeah, true. Um, and so, yeah, so the, the, the immediate thought that I had, and I think what I've always thought for years is Hagrid, you know, bringing him to the Dursleys, but... I was like, it could be serious too, showing up at uh, Godric's Hollow to pass to pass over the bike. And speaking of Sirius's bike, he hears a deafening roar from somewhere nearby. He jumps up and he smacks his head on the low-hanging door frame. I feel like that's not the it, first time. It happens <laughs> every volume. At the beginning, when he's in the Dursleys' house, he bangs his head or he smacks his like head. hurts his foot or something. And I always wondered, what is that saying? And this time I thought, oh, maybe it's because he doesn't really belong in this world. So he doesn't quite fit. He keeps mm. banging. I don't know. But yeah, mm, no, yeah, I still have to figure that one out. That's interesting. No, I like that. <laughs> I like that. He doesn't quite fit. It does happen in every book, smash though. his way out. The Chamber of Secrets one mm. makes me hurt. The, the, the window, when he's yeah. hiding under the window with the Oof, bush. That yes. one, the way that's described, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Because if, you, if you've ever hit your head like that before, it's like, dang. Um, all right, guys. So the darkness starts to ripple around them, right? And people start winnowing in. No, I'm just kidding. I was going to say reset. <laughs> <laughs> um, crossover. We also have another podcast about A Court of Thorns and Roses series called A Quarter Social Flick. Go listen. Anyways. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the dis- disillusionment charms lifting and Harry's crew is now arriving. Hagrid is on Sirius's new bikes with some new bike accessories, right? It's not a new bike. It's got some new accessories. And there's also some Thestrals there, too. And there's no question now everyone can see the Thestrals now. And that's another thing that happens to real-life trauma survivors when they hit around Harry's age. At first, when you're a little kid, you go through stuff that no other kid your age has gone through. And then as you get older and you reach adulthood your peers start to catch up. (laughs) Experience starts to catch up. They start Mm. to understand things that you face too early. So do you think that everybody in the room can see Thestrals? Or just, you mean the trio? I think... Because I was thinking about this today as I was listening, and I'm like, I don't know Fleur's background, but I know she didn't see Cedric die. I think, yeah, by the... But I was thinking, by this time, between... Cedric and then Dumbledore dying I think just the understanding of death and the kind of risk that they are that they're all going to have to go through 
sort of like, no, we're all adults here. I just thought about that today on my drive while I was listening. Um, and I really like this because this is a massive throwback to Chamber of Secrets. Hermione greets him by flinging her arms around him in a massive hug. And that that's just, I like that. Chamber of Secrets feel. Also Sorcerer's Stone feel. Mm. Um, Ron is there too and greets him with a clap on the back. So Ron. very Ron. Yeah, so much. <laughs> And Haggard asks him, all right, Harry, ready for the off? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and Harry's just like, uh, yeah, why are you all, why are you all here? <laughs> 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 Harry is so confused. Good to see you. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> um, so that's literally like what he says at that moment is like, uh, yeah, I'm ready, but. I wasn't expecting all of you. And Mad-Eye is just, you know, he's Mad-Eye. He wants to get undercover inside before they talk, but there's a change of plan. So they get all inside, and this is when we see who has come. So we have Ron and Hermione, Fred and George, Bill, Mr. Weasley, Mad-Eye, Tonks, Lupin, Floor. Floor. Fle, Kingsley, Hagrid, and Mundungus. <laughs> I'd love. Oh, How many is it, Megan? Thirteen, right? Not counting Harry. Yeah. Oh. So fourteen, counting Harry. But can we talk about Tonks's hair? Oh yeah, it is. Let's see. It's described as her hair is back to being short and in her favorite shade of bright pink. Though Lupin Me. is grayer. She's, She's very happy, happy. Yes. And I like Hermione's hair here. She's very happy. Her, busy, her bushy hair is tied back in a long plait. It's our first time seeing her hair braided. Yeah. And that actually uh, helped me picture her as black. Like, okay, she's flying on a Thestral. Mm. You have to do something with all the hair. But then I had this odd feeling right after that because Kingsley is described as bald, black, broad-shouldered, and he's the only one out Mm -hmm. of these people described by their race. And that's textbook Mm -hmm. tokenism. But but it is one of those examples of, you know, when this author is trying to write race, it doesn't work. But when she's not trying to write race... It works really beautifully. <laughs> God, you're yeah. Right. It made me feel like I don't know. Uh, yeah, tokenism. 100%. So I'm sticking yeah. with Hermione's yeah. hair being braided. Like, okay, there she goes. Yeah, like it. I'm in. I'm in. Um, okay. So this is now when we get the lowdown. A little bit. A little bit of lowdown on some people. Go ahead, Tiff. I just, I, um, as I'm flipping through my books, books, book, I see little notes that I had from yeah. before. Um, do you want to hear something really cool? Yes. Of course. The number 14 means mm. new beginnings. Stop. Oh. Ah! <laughs> Wasn't there new also beginnings of sadness? <laughs> some sort of. Connect- the first to rise well. when you're dining with 13. Yes. Yeah. 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 They ain't eating. <laughs> True. But, but the first one that Harry talks to is <laughs> Mad Eye, right? Isn't he the first one yeah. to talk? 
them? Is he? Or does it toss? Oh, wait. No, no, no. no, It's not. Watcher Harry? Um... Or no, it it's Hagrid. Hagrid. That's Hagrid. Yeah, it's okay, Hagrid. never mind. Nix that. He's still thriving. Um, <clears throat> oh, they do turn to 13 after Mundungus bounces and then immediately uh, Mad Eye dies. Good spot, husband. Yep. <laughs> so. It's 12. Sorry. Tasha it said it's 12 when 12. 12 dine? Is it 12? When 12 are dining, the. Wait. Wait, what are you guys talking about in this chat? What the phrase? What's the phrase? Hold now, on. Um, it, it happens at the Christmas thing, right? Yes. When 13 died. 13, right? Yeah, what are we talking 13, about? Because 13 is supposed to be unlucky, but we all know Taylor Swift. She's told oh, us it shoot. It turns to 13. Does Hedwig count as a person? No. Okay. <laughs> Just asking. I know she's an animal. <laughs> I mean, like... I always want to include animals as people, but like I don't think that it technically applies. Mm. Okay. It's thirteen. All right. So uh, Harry sees Kingsley and is like, "Hey, I thought you were looking after the Muggle Prime Minister." And Kingsley's like, "Oh, he can get along without me for one night. You're more important." Um, and then we get a little update from Tonks and Remus. So Tonks is ecstatic she shows off her ring her and remus have gotten married um and harry like yelps with excitement he's like you got married and then lupin says i'm sorry you couldn't be there harry it was very quiet um who was there parentals i yeah i would assume they maybe even just one person for a witness like yeah they just like wanted to do it but it's not really safe to do a big thing yeah. Um, so Moody. It's like COVID weddings. Right. Sorry. No. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> so Moody hushes them all down as basically like, come on, we've we've got to get to business. Cozy catch up later. And. No. Nope. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, Moody, you should have you should have uh, you should have listened because now Listen, you're never going to get to. I told you that I would. I have things to say about this chapter. <laughs> no, I love it. <gasps> okay, I feel like I'm interrupting you because the lag is so bad. Ugh. No, you're fine. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I'm just gonna read what he says regarding this this plan. Yeah. Yeah. As Daedalus probably told you, we had to abandon Plan A. Pious thickness has gone over, which gives us a big problem. He's made it in imprisonable offense to connect this house to the flu network place a port key here or apparate in or out all done in the name of your protection to prevent you know who getting in at you absolutely pointless seeing as your mother's charm does that already what he's really done is to stop you getting out of here safely second problem you're underage which which means you've still got the trace on you so obviously Voldemort knows about the protection to some point correct mm-hmm. yeah. um so this is a hundred percent like a diversion to force harry out yep. into the open yeah yes i have things okay i want to make note of the fact that moody calls voldemort you know who hmm. yeah i think i think that's really interesting hmm. um i is this the first time the trace is named? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The trace? Yeah. Okay. 
because we do we obviously know about the trace but we didn't know it had like a name and it is literally the trace university and like trace um, is capitalized <laughs> yes yeah and then i'm thinking about this protection because harry doesn't lose his mother's protection harry loses dumbledore's protection over mm-hmm. privet drive like the extension of the protection is what he loses and they don't know that right so close to the to the vest right no uh, so many secrets i said another secret yeah another secret which that's a good i don't i mean like i i think deep down i knew that but like i had never like voiced that well when you think about it it's like when you've read this book before he talks even in the end when he's circling with voldemort at the end of you know the whole the whole battle and he talks about like his mother's protection but he never loses that um but everybody thinks that it's all connected to privet drive right because i mean moody says it because the moment you turn 17 you'll lose all the protection your mother gave you well no he'll lose the protection that that dumbledore gave him so whatever magic he magicked that's gone. Well, and also I think that that is making a lot of assumptions because like how much do people even truly know about the love protection? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. is it like, is it certain written in books that it ends at age 17? I, how, how I don't know. That? I don't know how common this is. I, this right, I feels like is. almost like a one-off um, much like Harry's whole entire life. His <laughs> wand is a one-off. He's sticking Horcrux. Like who, who's that? Right. Um, so it's just it's interesting. Well, there's it's it's just there's really something else interesting. that it makes me think of that happens. I think it's the next chapter, if that's all right to bring up. There's um, yeah. something about feeling more protected when you're a kid from what your parents did. And there is definitely something about turning 17 mm-hmm. where, OK, you're now no longer young enough to need adults to take care of you. You're now old enough to move out on your own. But um, Harry gets a new protection when he goes to the borough and Ginny, they're not supposed to be dating, but Ginny kisses him. And that kiss is described as a kiss like they'd never had before, which is kind of weird because they've they've had some time together. And then I thought, oh, Mm -hmm. that's his new protection. Because then he's, you know, Mm. then he. It's the thought of Ginny that sustains him after that, since he's not a kid anymore. And yeah. then uh, at the end of Deathly Hallows, when he's giving up his life, it's the last thing he imagines is Ginny. So. Hadn't thought of that It's before. just his, like, thoughts have switched to something different. And, and that's, to yeah, and that kiss going. comes right, you know, there's just a little time between the time he turns 17 and when Ginny kisses him. And that kiss is done so symbolically and Ron is really annoyed. (laughs) Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it? How would it come in handy? Maybe you have an upcoming international trip. Maybe you want to connect with family and friends, learn about a new culture, want to understand certain pop culture things. Well, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. And guess what? It's available on desktop or as an app. 
and it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 language, languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. These are just some of the examples of languages that you can learn. Fast language ac acquisition. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in so many ways. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's designed for long-term retention, and it's got built-in true accent features to give you feedback on your pronunciation. It's kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also really convenient, and I'm really excited that there's an app. There's an app option, and you could also use it on your desktop. It's got an audio companion, and it's the ability to download lessons so you can do this offline. And it's at an amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and languages needed in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off. It's a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Swish and Flick listeners will get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. If you're a muggle like me and you don't have Molly Weasley cooking for you every day, then you need to listen to this. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, Calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. Let me tell you guys, they are absolutely delicious. I have not met a factor meal yet that I didn't like. And my favorite is the jalapeno grilled chicken, cheddar cheese. Oh, it's so good. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So, what are you waiting for, guys? Two-minute meals, fuel up fast with Factors, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They've got snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. Done the math for you. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious flexible for your schedule get as much or as little as you need by choosing from 6 to 18 meals per week plus you can pause or you can reschedule your deliveries anytime no prep no mess factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping cooking no cleanup all of that head to factormeals.com/flick50 
and use code FLICK50 to get 50% off. That's code FLICK50 at factormeals.com slash FLICK50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So I thought, oh, okay, yeah. that's when you're when you're really just an adult. There's only so much you can take comfort of, you know, from oh, a long time ago I was protected because the stuff coming at you is so much harsher. Yeah, I'm going into the chat um, because there's a lot of talk about like the protection and and Lily, Lily's b- blood running through Harry and and whatnot. And it makes me also think of what was in the howler, right? Mm. Remember my last Petunia. Yeah. I think that he probably told her she may have been the only person to know about the magic within. Like I told you that I did this spell to, to keep Harry safe, that you were to treat him Mm -hmm. as your own. Right. And that's what was going to make this magic work. And you didn't do Mm. it. You blew it. Right. (laughs) Like, I wonder if she was the only one who knew that Dumbledore did all this stuff, because I don't know. I feel like all Harry almost doesn't know that Dumbledore did some kind of stuff like because he doesn't say otherwise. Am I wrong? Am I wrong in that? I think you're right that... I don't know. I would trust <laughs> I think you. you're right that there's specific things Dumbledore did that Harry didn't understand. And that we see that playing out later in this chapter. I don't think that Dumbledore ever would have told him that he... I mean, the Listen, only thing Dumbledore stuff said... To the, house. <laughs> the only thing Dumbledore yeah. said was that he had to return... I think that's because that's maybe what kept this spell going. And then, you know, they kick him out. He's like, sends her the howler. Be like, I told you in the dang letter that was with the one-year-old that you were supposed to do this in order for this magic to work. Take him back in. Right? Mm -hmm. I feel like she's probably the only one. I don't... Hell, (laughs) excuse me. Sorry. I don't even know. Did Vernon know it all? Because I no. feel like she doesn't share the magic stuff with him. No way. Yeah, so only, sh- only f- I feel like only she would be like, oh, that he's serious about this. And then Vernon's the one that kicks him out, right? To, and she says, we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, sh- yeah. and she has to pull back and be like, actually, no. So she does bare minimum to keep him alive. Thanks. So it's, <laughs> it seems Thanks, like Petunia. this is where I should go into my big rant about this protection. Yeah. I mean, if you feel the vibes in the, the room, vibes. do it, Lori. So have I <laughs> talked on this podcast about the nature of the protection and why Dumbledore drew from it to shield the Dursley home? I haven't, right? 
I don't think so. So, oh God, I love that line. You and your aunt and uncle are going your separate ways tonight in the full understanding that you're never going to live together again. So what Dumbledore was instilling in Harry, he... He Harry did not get the sense that the Dursleys were treating him as a child to protect, but he was instilling in Harry the constant awareness that somebody had thought of him as their child to protect and had wanted to. And that's the connection that Harry is craving more than anything in the world in life. He wants his own story. He wants his own origin story, which is something that I struggled with with this series for a long time because... I always felt really uneasy when um, Dumbledore said, I put my trust in your mother's blood because I really was rejecting the idea that there's something that biological family is that adoptive and chosen family can't be. Like, I, I didn't want it to be like, well, blood is better. But then I thought, no, there mm. is something different happening here, though, which is true when there's something about your origin story and the stories out there in the world, other people know it and they're keeping it from you. You're hungry to know it. That's yours. That's your birthright. And Dumbledore mm -hmm. is keeping Harry connected to it through knowing that this connection through Petunia, it's pointed to something that used to be there. And Voldemort doesn't have that. Tom Riddle didn't have that. He had the same hunger for his birthright and his origin story, but he doesn't have a connection to it. That's the difference between Tom Riddle and Harry when they're thinking about their origins. Mm. And, uh, of course, Voldemort was just as hungry for his own origin story. And he went looking for it. And what he found was so disappointing and unbearable, unacceptable. He killed it. He killed, he his, killed his father's story. family. Literally snuffed them out. In order snuffed to make his life livable in his own head, he invented this other origin story for himself that was more mythical you know that he comes from Slytherin and therefore he deserves to have Slytherin and he deserves in fact all of Hogwarts to as a, like a consolation mm. prize because that's what it takes to overcome that devastation that you were never somebody's child that they wanted to protect that is so intolerable and so fundamental that um, he had to make himself superhuman so that he could think he was beyond jealousy of this completely ordinary feeling that that infants are born with ordinary people who have motherly love mm. and that you know how could he live with that feeling it was so huge and so intolerable and Tiffany you have your hand up <laughs> oh Oh, yeah, I do. I was just thinking of somebody else who uh, squashed their own origin story mm. and changed it for the view of the public. One yeah. Dolores Jane Umbridge. Mm. And um, Barty Crouch Jr. chose a different father. Barty Crouch. And, mm -hmm. and then Barty Crouch Sr. disowned and got his son. Yeah. Not his origin story. His and then got story. buried in the Niffler <laughs> patch. <laughs> Um, do you think they dug that up I think they left it <laughs> <laughs> but so then um, Voldemort hears this prophecy that there's going to be a baby born that's going to have the power to vanquish the Dark Lord and 
that's, of course, frightening, but it's also a hope. Does that mean that there's finally somebody that's going to have an answer that's more satisfying for him? And so he had to think about which baby is it going to be, and he chose the one that's more similar to himself, and that's the first time that Tom Riddle identified with another human being in his life. Uh, And that was enough for him to have an experience of empathy, which is what would have killed him when he orphans Harry and then Harry's crying and he has empathy for this crying baby. And then this jealousy that Harry had been loved by his (laughs) very recently killed mother, that jealousy is the pain that was so great that um, if Tom Riddle had still been mortal, it would have killed him. But now he's tampered with his own nature so that he can endure greater degrees of pain than humans can. And he has closed off his own exit. So he's now doomed to this weird life where he there's no limit to how much pain he can feel. And the only chance he has of limiting this pain and getting it to stop is to find Harry Potter. Like, you know, for the rest of his life, he has to go find Harry Potter. Like, can you make this pain stop either by letting me kill you or I don't know, by telling me something I don't know? Uh, Ali holds on to listen. Because that's all he wants, right? He wants Harry to tell him something. Tell me something I don't know yet. He wants, yeah. That'll make this pain stop. And then, so he chases down this poor kid who can't get away from him. But every time he goes to Harry's family home, no matter how abusive the Dursleys were, entering that space was a reminder to Voldemort and to Harry that somebody once loved Harry. And that is that mortal degree of jealousy that Voldemort can't endure. That's why when he touches Harry and Harry thinks about Sirius and how much he misses Sirius, that Voldemort has to drop him. He has to, he has to run. He can't handle it. And that's also why when um, Quirrell touches Harry, he he just burns up. Uh, Mm. Dursley's recognized Harry as kin. And Dumbledore realized that Voldemort couldn't stand touching that. And that's what it meant in my mind, finally, to think that's what Dumbledore is putting his faith in, in blood magic, and that's a hard thing to face thinking about when you're someone raised not by your biological parents. What does that mean? You know, can't, how can you identify the need for your own story that's separate from the people who actually love you and take care of you all the time? Well, I feel like maybe if we think about, um, you know, different types of families, like, your love, we could say, runs through your veins. So whether yes. it's not the same DNA love, um, you could still possibly take somebody's blood who loves another that's not their same, you know, True. genetic makeup, and it would still be the same. True, and, which is like yeah, that. and Sirius's yeah. love in Harry's veins does that too. And yeah. but this protection of you know people who raised you that is a protection that wanes in power when you get old enough to live on your own because that was the question is harry is still a child is somebody going to raise him let them into their home you know and why 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, until he turns 17, yes, there is somebody and that's why. But now he's 17 and yeah, it's he's going to need other protections now. Yeah. I mean, he gets them from various yep. people in his life. Megan, where were you? <laughs> I actually, that was the the very end. It's Katie's turn. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Good job. <laughs> yeah. That was Way to go. <laughs> it's the Lori show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lori, I don't think. feel. Look at her. Well, Look, you feel Lori, bad. No, don't feel bad. No, no, no. This I is why it. you're here. The only thing last, the only thing left that I was going to say was that like Moody reiterated again that like pious thickness thinks he's got Harry cornered quote good and proper good and cornered yeah good and proper sucks the suck pious right <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna follow up Lori but here we go <laughs> yeah good luck <laughs> um okay so Harry's like so what are we gonna do and Mad-Eye explains they're gonna use the only transport left that doesn't require them to use spells that the Trace University can't detect, <laughs> right? Yeah. Brooms, Thestrals, and Hagrid's motorbike. So Harry <laughs> instantly sees many flaws, but in very unHarry fashion, he holds his tongue and allows Mad-Eye to go ahead and hash it out first before he's like, mm, what about, you know, A through Z? <laughs> what about mm. the fact that there's an army of us here? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So let's do some explaining. So Mad-Eye says, your mother's charm is only going to break under two conditions. Uh, well, and as Tiffany pointed out, really, it's also Dumbledore's charm, right? Right. Um, so Harry comes of age, or he no longer calls number, f- number four Privet Drive home. So Harry and the Dursleys want their separate ways tonight, quote, in full understanding that you're never going to live together again. So this time when he leaves, there's no going back, and the charm will break once he is out of range that has to feel like so good and yet so weird Mm. like knowing you're never he's phrases live together but harry's probably thinking i'm never gonna see them again right Mm -hmm. and that has to be like good but also like they're my only family but like you got chosen family bro it's all good you know Mm mm-hmm so the order is choosing to break it early because the alternative, quote, is waiting for you know who to come and seize you the moment you turn 17. It's like being a sitting duck. Yeah. Yeah. Because he goes on later to say, like, they know the general area mm-hmm. of where Harry's home is. So they'd find it pretty quick. It just is really interesting to me that, I mean, they they talk about the fact that it would be foolish for a couple of Death Eaters to, like, not be in the surrounding area, in the air, whatever, right? Why weren't we more ready for a fight? Don't you think, like, you don't know if they're going to see you and go report. You don't know if they're going to come attack you. Like, if you really think that there's at least a couple of them patrolling, why wouldn't you be like, all right, wands out, get ready, we're taking off, like, this is a possibility, Like, that kind of annoys me that we weren't ready to cast spells. And, you know, we don't know if we've got 
a wand in our back pocket possibly blowing off a buttock you know (laughs) i think that they were probably assuming like okay there's probably one or two people patrolling but like they're gonna see this happening and they're gonna go and get help and hopefully by the time they come back we'll be gone but what i'm saying like yeah like everybody should have had their wand out and at the ready though for sure yeah two two to three can still kill people avi like constant vigilance right Constant vigilance. That's the Um, one time he didn't say it and then he dies. Right. (laughs) Right. Honestly, though, like, it's it's like a sacrifice because who would have died? Because whoever went with Mundungus was going to get left and was going to be more vulnerable. And that's why he chose Mm. to go with him because he wanted Mm. to keep an eye on him. He knew that... Mm. He was the one to watch, and that was going to be the most dangerous pair. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we know from the first chapter um, about the false trail that the Order left for the Ministry, but now Mad-Eye is telling it to Harry. So he's like, so Voldemort doesn't know that you're you're getting moved tonight. False. He does because of Snape. Um, so Mad-Eye says they think we're waiting until the 30th. But since it's Voldemort that we're dealing with, as we just talked about, we can't rely on him getting the date wrong. He's bound to have a couple Death Eaters patrolling the skies just in case. Or, you know, they know exactly what's going down and it's going to be chaos. So there are a dozen different houses with every protection charm you can throw at them. So they all look like someplace that Harry might hide. Which is really creepy because you know that Voldemort has his people out scouring for this magic to see where he might be. They all have some kind of connection to the Order. Mad-Eye's house, Kingsley's place, Molly's anti-murials, etc. Harry's still thinking he sees lots of flaws in the plans, but he still politely lets him go on. So Harry's going to be going to the the Tonks's, Tonks' parents. Uh, And then when he's there, he can take a porky to the burrow. And I always forget about this part because of the movies. Because it doesn't happen. Mm. And it's cool because you get to meet Ted. You get to meet Andromeda. And like Harry has that whole thing where he almost <laughs> attacks her. <laughs> um, it's fun. So finally Matt is like, do you have any questions? And that's when Harry chimes in. And he's like, isn't it like kind of going to be obvious if there's 14 of us flying toward Tonks' parents? I think it's cool that it's two pairs of seven. Not that it really gives them all the luck, but, you know, (laughs) most of them survive. Maybe that's the luck. Maybe that's the luck. Ah, said Moody. I forgot to mention the key point. Fourteen of us won't be flying to Tonks' parents. There will be seven Harry Potters moving through the skies tonight. Each of them with a companion, each pair heading for a different safe house. Big numbers. It's okay. Lots of numbers. You got. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he takes out a flask. Looks like it's full of mud. Harry instantly is like, Mm. no, no way. He knows what the plan is. And Hermione's like, I told them you'd take it like this. (laughs) (laughs) Of course she did. She says it with a hint of complacency. And I had to look up like... Like, I know what complacent means, but I don't know. It felt... It means smug, basically. She's being smug right now. Yeah. she, she knows. Like, yeah. <laughs> Called it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Called it. If you think I'm going to let six people risk their lives, Ron chimes in. Six. Because it's the first time for all of us. 
Wah, wah. <laughs> Chess match, anyone? <laughs> right. No, Ron, no, you can't. Dude, right. that Ron's new, like, this is old news. That new video <laughs> going around on TikTok with like the animated little characters dancing. I don't, I don't understand it, but it's really funny. Oh my god! I don't um, think I've seen it. Are you serious? I'll look it up. Someone just one of our chat groups just sent it. Too long ago, I think Carrie sent it. This is this is different. Pretending to be me, than <laughs> Fred. Well, none of us mm. really fancy it, Harry. Imagine if something went wrong and we were stuck as specky scrawny gits forever. Harry I did loved not how smile. I'm sorry. It's okay. Mm. I loved how the twins acted that out in the film. I thought that this scene was just done really well. This scene is done super well. Yeah. This part, at yeah, least, it's fun. Is like it's fun to watch. Pretty spot on. Dan's acting choice. Oh, yeah, when he plays Choice. all of the Potters. <clears throat> Mia just said, Dad crushed the scene. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else it just get, fun. like, stabbed in the heart when, like, anyone who dies later in this book has any sort of speaking role or yep. mention or anything? Because you're like, it's the last time. It's the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Oh, yep. man. Yep. Is that all? Tis all. Oh my gosh. I just, I know that we probably all know this, but the fake trail that they're talking about is the trail that Yaxley mentions in chapter one. Right. And he and Snape have a little bit of a quarrel. A little, a tizzy. little professor quarrel over it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> a quibble. A quibble. A quibble. All right. Lori, did you want to add anything that you had in here? Did, no. Um, let's pull a couple of lightning round questions. That was lightning. <laughs> Thank you. It was from, from the future or something. Lofty HP asks, what do we think happened to for Privet Drive once everyone left? Um, I think it probably got ransacked. It's exactly the word I, I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah, I was there gonna say no raided, but like same thing. Yeah, 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 torn apart. Yeah, I mean for anything that was anything they could have presented to Voldemort, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have fun with my old broken quills. <laughs> right. Have Can fun you find any meaning behind socks. them? Yeah, Vernon <laughs> socks in a immaculate kitchen. Um, Katie K asks, what transportation would you have wanted to use for this travel? Thestral, broom, or motorbike? Thestral. Who's driving the motorbike? <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh, God, I'm not sitting in that sidecar. <laughs> no, uh, no, actually, I might like to be passenger princess to Meg's driving. So I'm going to pick the sidecar to Meg driving the I bike. rode with her on a jet ski once, and let me tell you, it did not end well. I learned my lesson. Didn't end well. I learned my lesson. Didn't end well twice. <laughs> did, did you fall off? <laughs> I might have flipped it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but it's okay. I flipped it back over, and all was well. Got back on, pulled Katie back on, and we were <laughs> off. Just to do it again. <laughs> I love it. Uh, 
I feel like a Thestral would also like have the thoughts to like dodge mm. and like fly and like have its own path that it was I mean it doesn't mm-hmm. want to die either you know like how birds are pretty nimble yeah yeah this is an interesting question Blake asked wouldn't Dumbledore's house charm break with his death like when the body bind curse broke when Harry was on the astronomy tower if it's blood stuff though Harry's still alive yeah if he's messing around with that, you know, I wonder if it depends on like the level of spell. Like if it's a super intricate spell, is that something that can break upon death or is it, is it just like small? Cause I mean, a body bind curse is just like, you know? Yeah. And is it a spell like, like a one and done kind of spell of his own creation. Yeah. Lofty said to maybe long lasting ones stay. Yeah. You'd figure there'd be magic for that. So if it's mm. not blood, maybe it's something else more intricate. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know. I feel like if every spell you ever did broke when you died, like, what if you dropped all your teacups and then you die and they all explode into pieces? <laughs> oh my god. So now someone's dead and you have glass to clean up. Yeah, that's not fun. That's not a fun time. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh man. Well. No. Um I don't know. Yeah. We're just going to do three tonight. Mm-hmm. Fan story? Yeah. Elizabeth from July 2021. Oh, wait. Sorry. Back what? to people dying in spells. There are still spells on um, Grimald Place that Moody put in. Mm-hmm. So those are still there. Maybe it's like a certain mm-hmm. level of spell, you know? It's got to be. Yeah. Otherwise, that's silly. Yeah. The Fidelius okay, charm doesn't necessarily break as it just transfers power to those that they've said because you need an alive secret keeper. So I think that that's a little bit of a different example with that. Oh, and Vinny says sorting hat. Yeah. That's all spells. Hogwarts protection. Yeah. Look at us. Jinx, you owe me a summit cola, Vinny. I thought you were jinxing me, and I was like, "Fine," <laughs> and I didn't oh. even—I didn't even question. You didn't even know. I didn't, didn't even know. question. <laughs> oh man! Can I give Elizabeth their dues now? Yes, yes. Okay. Fan story. Yeah. Okay. Fan Sorry, story. Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth, July, twenty twenty-one. Hello, my name is Elizabeth, and this is my Potter story. I first started reading Harry Potter on my own when I was seven. What years old? You're welcome. My memories are a little scattered, but I remember quickly enjoying the first book. I was always an avid reader, and I can't remember how many times I read the first two books. I remember reading the first one, then the second one, and then going back to the first one again, and I just kept repeating the cycle. I'm not sure why, as it was 2005 (laughs) and the first six books were released. (laughs) 
Uh, about a year later, I finally leapt from my comforts of Chamber of Secrets and started Prisoner of Azkaban. Very quickly, I made my way through the series and anxiously awaited the arrival of the seventh book. I distinctly remember being at my grandmother's house and seeing a commercial for, for the seventh book and being overly excited, which my brother did not understand. That is really cool. That is I don't awesome. Know if I remember seeing a commercial for the last book. Me either. And like, think about like. I don't remember seeing any commercials. You don't yeah. really see commercials for books. Yeah. For books. Yeah. yeah. That's how big this series is, people. Right? I, didn't, I don't think at that moment in our lives, though, we were really watching that much TV. We were like in college. We didn't have cable. We didn't. Yeah. Netflix, true. I don't think, was a thing. <laughs> it was on a DVD if it was. <laughs> right. right. Getting so it in think. the mail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's for all you though. youngins listening, you had to get DVDs through your mail from Netflix. It wasn't on your <laughs> newfangled smart TV. And like flipping through your phone wasn't the same then, so it's not like you would come across the commercial. Oh yeah, I'm, you would just flip. You would flip open your phone. That's it. <laughs> Our phones yes. in college were not You're iPhones. Correct. You're correct. No. At least not Blackberries. Blackberries were really cool because then you could get your email on. Them. I had one of those like swivel phones you oh, like okay. swiveled the top and it like flipped up i thought i was so cool till it broke <laughs> didn't it break yeah it broke yeah and i remember i really wanted a t-mobile uh oh god you what? want a sidekick a sidekick because benji madden had one and i wanted one because he had one remember of that course. video of him playing like a horse sound yes. off his phone he was like nah. Yeah, that was what made me want it. I know. Dumb. <laughs> I was mm. dumb. I admit it. It's not dumb. <laughs> I really wanted one. <laughs> okay. I think you're cool. Anyway. I wanted a pink razor and never got one. <laughs> Those Dude. were the preppy phones. Chrissy had a razor. <laughs> That's why I wanted it. <laughs> Chrissy had a razor. Yeah, she did. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh. sorry, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the we nostalgia. Like <laughs> uh, very quickly, I became the Harry Potter girl. Any gift yeah. I received would be Harry Potter themed, and I loved collecting all the merchandise I could. Even today, I received the most wonderful Harry Potter gifts, as my family knows how much it means to me. Like many readers, I find so much comfort in returning to Hogwarts. I completely, I recently completed a reread of the series during the pandemic, and I'm anxious to return again. I have so many memories of playing make-believe with Harry, Ron, and Hermione while watching the movies in my bedroom and exploring the world further through Lego Harry Potter games and toys. I was supposed to get married in May 2020, and we had to postpone our wedding to August. Luckily, we were able to get married in August 2020, but unfortunately, I missed out on my dream, traveling to Harry Potter World in Orlando. My husband and I had purchased tickets, hotels, and everything for our honeymoon when we had to cancel. I hope I can make it there soon, as I have always wanted to go, but haven't had the chance yet. I will tell you, walking around in the heat of Florida in August of 2020, when you had to wear a mask, even uh. outside. Oh. Uh. Yeah. It was something. Man. I hope that you got to come eventually, but that was not the time. Yeah. <laughs> ah. I love your podcast so much as I feel like I'm hanging out with great people and I'm right there with you. My favorite book is Chamber mm. of Secrets. My favorite movie is Prisoner of Azkaban. Nice. And I am a Gryffindor. Yeah, you are. Thanks for reading. My story seems boring to me, but I imagine others may be able to relate. Thanks Absolutely. for all your hard work on this amazing podcast. Yours, <sighs> Elizabeth. Thank you, Elizabeth. I love it when people thank us for the work. Thanks for putting up with our it's shenanigans. 
<laughs> Truly, I want to know if you've been if you've gotten to go to Orlando and have your honeymoon. Yes, yeah. I really hope you. When is this from? Twenty one. Twenty one. Okay, so maybe Elizabeth, are you still here? Are you still <laughs> Do a you listener? still like us? <laughs> have you abandoned us by now? <laughs> <laughs> We wouldn't really blame you. We're kind of crazy. <laughs> no. But we hope you're still here now. <laughs> and tell us, have you gone to Orlando? Yeah. Yes. Please. So thanks for your story, Elizabeth. Did you have a butterbeer? Did you like it? What was your favorite food? What was Let your favorite was it type frozen? of butterbeer? Was it frozen? And why? Was it ice mm. cream? And why? I just, mm. I love Boring. ice cream so much. <laughs> 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 so do I. <laughs> Relatable. Relatable. <laughs> Lori's quiet for like 10 minutes and all of a sudden ice cream's mentioned. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Her heart. Uh, tell us a joke, Catherine. Okay. What holds all of Hermione's books together? Spell tape. Spell binding. <laughs> Ooh. Darn. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Oh, that's oh, cute. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <Jeez, yummy Coke. gasps> Boo. If you want to follow myself and Katie, we're on Instagram and TikTok at the Petrus family. And Tiffany is on Instagram and TikTok at Tiff Swish underscore flick. Lori, what would you like to plug my, here for you? Where can people I'm find you? I'm on my website, LoriKim.com. L-O-R-R-I-E-K-I-M. Nice. Is anybody reading anything new? Playing anything new lately? Tiffany. Mm. Oh, I did read two books. <gasps> two? Yeah. Well, I mean. I read I Deathly Hallows high speed and Deathly on Hallows. Audible. No, I did start <laughs> Deathly Hallows over again. Um, but I read two books. I read Counting the Cost by Jill Duggar. Oh, me too. And I read Becoming Free Indeed by Ginger Duggar. Yeah. Do you see mm. a pattern? <laughs> I have a question for you because I, yeah. too, have read both of those, but I read Ginger's a while ago. True. Um, what did you think of Ginger's? Uh, since you read it after Jill's, what did you think of uh, Ginger's? Ginger's was very... Um, sermon like yeah um it was very church Mm -hmm. but she did spill some tea which i appreciated but it felt very safe yeah um and it it wasn't necessarily family tea it was um bill gothard tea yes um it was very anti gothard which rightfully so terrible person um you can at me if you want, but you'll get blocked if you think Bill Gothard's a nice man. <laughs> so, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, but yeah, as a Christian woman myself, um, I'm not into any of that. So yeah, definitely. What did I find more interesting and learn from more? Probably Jill's. Um, as far as the family goes and she shiny happy people yeah shiny happy people was a very um interesting documentary i don't want to call it good because i don't think that's the word for it it's very well shot and put together eye-opening 
eye-opening, lots of information. Um, and I think there will probably be more. We'll see what they, what they do. But I think that it's very important, and I say this as a Christian person, it's very important in this day and age to separate extremists from regular everyday people. Yeah. Because what some people see as Christianity, I see as not. Yeah. Christianity is literally following Christ, a.k.a. Jesus. And the people who are, I mean, this is getting preachy, I guess, but like people who hate on groups of people, that's not Christ-like. So I don't think that you should put that label on yourself because it makes everybody else who is loving and kind and accepting of all, it puts us in a box. And I don't want to be in your box. And that's all I'll say. Yeah. Um, I also believe in evolution, so that makes me kind of a weird Christian. (laughs) Hey, you don't have to put a label on what you are either. You know, you just believe what you believe. (laughs) You know? I more closely like resonate with Jesuit Catholics. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and science is science, baby. <laughs> science is science. Okay, I'm getting confirmation that it's not weird to like believe in science and also be Christian. Thank you. Because sometimes <laughs> I feel like I am like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I too read Jill's book. Like I said, I read Ginger's a while ago and Ginger's just to me felt very um, safe. And Ginger's was also, I mean, okay. (laughs) Ginger went from one cult to another. Yeah. If I'm being honest, she has not fully, what is the term she likes to use in that? Disentangled. Disentangled herself. She has not. That is, that was like, whatever. I mean, it's okay. the judging for me. Yeah, it's some, the judging for me. Some of the stuff in her book still was eye-opening. She did talk a lot about Gothard, a little about her family. Jill talked about her family. And let me tell you, mm, um, I knew, I mean, okay, I, this is kind of one of my, like, weird obsessions. Things. The Duggar family is a weird obsession of mine. I, I just like I watched that show when I was younger when it was on TLC like I just loved it and I also just am obsessed with shows where there's like a lot of weddings and babies like it's just it's good entertainment for me and when there's 19 kids and then they're getting older there's a lot of weddings and babies so I was all about it so you know you don't when when I was younger and you're watching it, you have no freaking idea what you're watching, right? You're just like watching this family and I'm excited that they're going wedding dress shopping <laughs> or whatever. You're like, so cute. I can't. That stand was it. what I liked. So because I was really into it and I just you know, there are certain ones that you're like you feel like you connect with them and then and then you grow older and you realize sorry their beliefs and what they are and what they're preaching and what they're you know as Jim Bob said their ministry was (laughs) to show this to millions of people and try to get millions of people to come and follow the Institute of Basic what what is it? Institute of Basic Principles. Yeah. Um he is a piece of freaking work. And that 
I mean, I just, I feel for Jill. I feel like she's been torn from her family. She's been kept from her family for absolutely no reason other than her dad is just a big old jerk mm-hmm. who wants control and can feel it and slipping. money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, if any of that resonated with you, I, rec- I recommend her book. It was good. It was a quick read. I really liked the Audible version of it because Jill read it. Um, and I just, I like that. So I also finished some fun books that were not biographies <laughs> that are just smutty romance novels that were fantastic. <laughs> and if that's more your jam, I just want to give a shout out to Rachel Lynn Solomon because she's becoming one of my top five authors. She now is officially an auto buy for me. She writes a book. I'm buying it because I know I'm going to like it. I love how she writes. I finished her book, The X Talk, last week. So good. And now I'm reading um, Yours Truly by Abby. I think you pronounce her last name, Jimenez. Um, Freaking good. Just it's a really good like. Haters to lovers, enemies to lovers. That's what the phrase <laughs> Haters is. Haters to lovers. It's a really good enemies to lovers romance with a little bit of forced dating, close forced close proximity. Um, just good. So yeah, nice. Oh my turn. I actually finally picked up Empire of Storms, and I Yay. am reading it. She's almost halfway through. I'm forty percent through. And I was actually like last night, I was sad I couldn't read because you're we doing other things that were fun and it was great. But I was like, man, I just really want to read. So I'm back on <laughs> the book wagon, which is nice. Um, and I beat Pokemon Violet, at least like the main storylines. And now Yay! I feel a little lost. Yeah, I feel a little bit lost. But it's fine. Lori, have you read or watched anything? recently that you would like to I about. have started reading The Murder of Mr. Wickham. It's by Claudia Gray mm. and it's a Jane Austen pastiche where all the characters from Austen's novels get together and one of them has killed Mr. Wickham who is horrible and everybody has a reason to kill him and I've just started so I don't know but it's good so far. Nice. All right. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, so we did not get a bingo, unfortunately. Uh, and the Ew. House Cup standings are birds Oof. are in first. No! By 15 points. Look at those. Oh, look at those. oh my gosh. Gryffindor is in second. Hufflepuff <sighs> is third. By four four point difference. Wait, is that, are the trivia points in there? Yeah. Nice. And Slytherin is fourth. It didn't. Wow. 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 Interesting. Okay. We need another trivia, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's soon, my friend. There. Pretty nuts. Dang. All right. Well, keep showing up for the recordings, Gryffindor. It's helping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Tiff. Okay, guys. This one's for uh, Privet Drive. <laughs> Peace out. Pour one drive. out. 
Oh, that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Just my voice! <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 100... Or no. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> if Soda wins, you're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the only other term for pop I'll accept is fizzy drink. That's it. Who says fizzy drink? Fizzy drink is cute. Yeah. Well, that sounds like something that they would say in England. <laughs> <laughs>